Okay. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen, amen. Okay, so there's a wee phrase that goes something like, uh, you can take the girl out of youth work, but you can't take youth work out of the girl. And I'm afraid you're going to get a little bit of that this morning as my wee starter. So Ben is very kind of is going to volunteer for me. Ben, so if you want to come up the front, I've got a wee starter. Okay, so we have got three different brands of Coca-Cola. We've got Asda's own, we've got Bar, and we've got the real thing. Coca-Cola, the original. Okay, so what Ben is going to do right now, Ben, for me, is put this blindfold on. And Ben is going to taste these Coca-Colas. Ooh, taste test. And he is going to, using his uh, discerning uh, taste buds, he is going to tell us, try and tell us, which is Coca-Cola, the real thing. He's going to try and distinguish, you see where I'm going here, distinguish between the Cokes and tell us which is the real thing. Okay? So give me a wee second. I'm just uh, pouring these out. And do feel free to come and drink the Coke later. I'm not taking it home. Okay, so. Okay, so I'm just going to mix these up. Anyway, I know, but just because they were there, where the. Okay, so I am going to give you number one. There you go. Swill it around, you know, get it in your mouth. Good sign. Okay. okay, number one. Number two. Okay, how are you doing with that one? So I'll take that off you, thank you. And number three. Okay. So, you can take your blindfold off and tell, tell us which one you think, was it one, two, or three that I gave you in that order? Surprisingly hard. I think it was two. You think it was two? Yeah. You think the Coca-Cola, the real thing, holidays are coming, holla, you think it's number two? I think so. Was he right? No! <laughs> that was bar. Coca-Cola just shows you're just as good. No, no, you don't have to pay top price. So the number three was the real Coca-Cola. I'll let you take that back with you. I'll take the blindfold. Thank you so much, Ben. Okay. And maybe a light-hearted uh, way or introduction into the talk this morning. But you can see that Ben was distinguishing between the Coke brands. He was trying to discern which one was the real thing. And in not so, uh, not in, in not, you know, in not so a completely different way, that's kind of what the gift of distinguishing between spirits does within us. The Spirit enables us to discern and to distinguish between the different spirits. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. 
So let's come back to our scripture verses, which uh, you will know reasonably. Thank you, Glenn. Okay. So, let's read 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another the ability to distinguish between spirits to another various kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills Okay, so am I continuing with the hand mic? David's got waving something at me, I'm sorry. <laughs> Always happens to me. Maybe I should just use the hand mic. That's fine. Just leave it on. I'm going to continue. Is that on? Oh, that's a... It, okay, thank you. Cool. Okay. Okay, sorry, folks. It's a bit bitty, isn't it? Sorry about that. There's a tricky bit getting it onto my waistband. Okay. So here's my confession. This has been another talk, topic, where I felt like I've really had my L plates on. Now, I feel like I've got my L plates on most of the time, but in this one in particular, I was like, oh my goodness, thanks ever so much, Ollie. Oh, I, know, I know very little about this gift, and I've had very little experience with this gift. So as I've been reading and preparing, it really has been a case of me learning uh, as I've gone. So as I offer my own thoughts this morning, I would really encourage you to do your own reading into this gift. And the books that I found helpful, which you also might find helpful, are on the screen. Praise the Lord. Excellent. Thank you, Alan. So the first one is, why am I still surprised by the power of the Spirit? Jack Deere. I really, really like this one. It's really easy to read. It's got loads of fantastic testimonies, and he just makes it sound so kind of like, oh, I can do that. Just brilliant. Really, really good. Um, Understanding Spiritual Gifts, a comprehensive guide. Dr. Sam Storms. 
more dense than the Beginner's Guide, Sam Storms, which we talk, talked about last time, but still very good. And then the last one is a little thin one, which is always great. Uh, Derek Prince, uh, The Holy Spirit in You. Again, really clear, really great testament. It's just super. So... Um, these are all ones that Ollie has recommended recently. They're not new, but uh, they're the three that have kind of shaped my thinking. So, verse 10 says, To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. The King James Version says, To another, discerning of the spirits. Now, the word that Paul uses here for, dis uh, for distinguishing in the original Greek is the word diakresis, and it means to distinguish, to discern, to judge, or to evaluate a person, statement, situation, or environment. Now, the reason why I'm telling you the Greek word is because it also has quite a specific meaning, which is to distinguish or to discern between good and evil. And therefore, what we find is that in the different Bible translations, in the commentaries, in the books, uh, that these two phrases, distinguishing and discerning, are used interchangeably. Uh, so just bear that in mind as we, are, uh, as we go this morning, okay? Because sometimes I'll use distinguish and sometimes we'll, we'll hear discern. So... As with a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom, the only place in the New Testament that the gift of distinguishing between spirits is explicitly mentioned is here in 1 Corinthians 12, 10. So to help us understand this gift, I'm going to give us several definitions which I'm hoping will help us you know, get a handle on it a little bit. So let's look at some of, the, some of the definitions. So Jack Deere uh, says this, Behind everything that happens, there is a spiritual power. It could be the spirit of God, an evil spirit, a human spirit, or a mixture of these. The gift of discerning the spirits allows us to see the nature of the spiritual power or the mixture of powers behind the activity. And one Bible commentator says, this is a spirit-given ability to distinguish whether divine, human, or demonic origins are the source of what's being presented, whether it be in an atmosphere, an encounter, an event, or a prophetic message. Sam Storm says this about this gift. The spiritual gift of distinguishing of spirits is a supernaturally enabled sense or feeling concerning the nature and the source of the spirit. And Wayne Grudem says this. The gift seems to be an ability to sense or discern the difference in the working of the Holy Spirit and the working of evil spirits in a person's life. The gift would apparently include an awareness, an awareness of demonic influence that would be registered, you would clock it, both in terms of objective, observable facts, so the things that you're seeing and you're hearing, and also in terms of an emotional or spiritual uneasiness um, or perception of the presence of evil. 
So hopefully we're beginning to see the breadth and the nature of this gift, but let me just summarize what we've just read, because I've given you a lot of stuff there. So let me just summarize what we've just kind of looked at and heard. Discerning, so this gift, discerning or distinguishing between the spirits, um, includes discerning whether what is presented is the Holy Spirit, an evil spirit, or the, from the human spirit, or a mix of all three. It includes not only distinguishing between divine, demonic, and human, but also discerning what's going on in the atmosphere as an event or an encounter. The gift includes having an enabled sense or feeling as to the source of the spirit. And it includes both being able to discern the facts, what you see and hear, and discerning through emotional or spiritual uneasiness. And I suppose what I'm wanting to do in giving us these numerous definitions is to give us the breadth of the gift, as I've said, but also to highlight the subjectivity, the intuitiveness of this gift. It's the Holy Spirit impacting and involving our feelings and our senses, perhaps more than any of the other gifts. The other thing to note with the gift of distinguishing or discerning the spirits is that it seems to be a gift that is circumstantial or occasional. So Sam Storms explains it when he writes this, circumstantial, put my teeth in, circumstantial or occasional gifts are used when God wills. They are not at our disposal or subject to our determination. They are empowered by the Spirit in particular circumstances, but not all. On particular occasions of need, but not all. The gift is entirely subject to God's will and timing, not ours. He determines when, where, and whom. So if that gives us an idea of what the gift is, let's look at what its purpose is. What does the, why does the Holy Spirit give us this gift? Well, the fabulous theologian and Bible teacher Derek Prince suggests that the purpose of the gift is fourfold. He would suggest that firstly, the purpose of distinguishing between spirits is to lift the veil that covers the unseen spiritual world. So we're not kind of oblivious to what's going on, to lift the veil on the unseen spiritual world. Number two, to enable us to see how God sees. In 1 Samuel 6, 17, the Lord told Samuel, For God does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. This gift of distinguishing between the spirits enables us to go beneath the outward appearance and see what the inner, what's going on inside and see the condition of people's hearts. The third purpose of the gift is to protect us from deception. Jesus tells us in John 8, 44, that Satan is a liar and the father of all lies. And his whole purpose and intent is evil and destruction. So this gift is there to protect us from deception. And the fourth purpose, Prince would suggest, is, the, is to enable us to diagnose other people's problems, to be able to see what's going on and then to help them and then to help them. 
Okay. So, we've looked at some of the things that have helped us to kind of define and explain the gift. We've briefly looked at the purpose of the gift. And what I'd like to do now is to look at some biblical examples of where this gift has been used. Now, I want us to bear in mind that this gift of distinguishing between spirits is only explicitly mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12.10. So these biblical examples are thought to be instances of this gift. It doesn't say in the passage the gift of distinguishing the spirits was used. These are thought by the commentators, by the, um, the authors, that, um, that this gift is in operation in these Bible passages and others. So... Um, so I've got one, two, th- I've got five there, but I'm actually only going to do th- read three. I'm only, I kind of deliberate on three. So the first one we're going to look at is Acts 13, 8 to 11. So Paul discerned that Elimas, Elimas's desire to obstruct the word of God was demonically driven. So Elimas was a sorcerer. And in verse 9, we read that Paul looked intently at him and then drew the conclusion that his efforts to obstruct the gospel were rooted in evil. Did Paul see something? Did he see, perceive something that was rooted in evil when he looked at him intently? Perhaps he saw a vision. Did he perhaps hear the voice of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit? Did he have an overwhelming sense or conviction about this man? We don't know how or in what way he knew. But what we do know is he discerned the evil spirit correctly. Let's look at Acts 16, 16 to 18. Paul discerned that the power of the slave girl was in fact a demonic spirit. So the girl had a spirit of divination and she was making her master, her owner, rich by fortune telling. She followed Paul and Silas around for a couple of days and she was shouting, get this, she was shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Now what she was saying was true. It was true, but the spirit within her was not of God. The spirit within her was trying to confuse people and discredit Paul and Silas by association with itself. Paul discerned the girl had an evil spirit and dealt with it by casting it out. And then let's look at uh, John 1.47, Jesus. So Jesus, we're told in, in verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael and described him as a man in whom there was no deceit. How did Jesus know there was no deceit within Nathanael? There was no outward way of knowing it. But Jesus saw Nathanael while he was under the fig tree and discerned that there was no deceit in him. So there's some biblical instances where there is some agreement between the commentators and the authors that the gift of distinguishing between the spirits was being used. Now, church, we could explore throughout church history the documented accounts of this gift being used. 
right from the second century with the theologian Clement of, Alex of Alexandria in AD 215, to Aidan, the Bishop of Lindisfarne in 651, to Francis of Assisi, in 1182, right through to the Methodist preacher John Wesley in 1703. We, there is documented accounts throughout church history of this gift being used. But I, what I wanted to do is to give you some perhaps more modern day examples of this gift being used. I'm going to give you one from Sam Storms, Sam the man. Is that too disrespectful? I feel like I know him quite well. One, by, one from Sam Storms and one from Derek Prince. So Sam Storms shares this experience. During the time I was on staff at a church in Kansas City, it was common for the church members to engage in prayer walking. There was nothing particularly unusual about this practice. Uh, we would divide up into groups of four or five and pray for our neighborhood, our schools, and other churches in the area. On one particular day, I was praying in the company of three other individuals. As we approached an elementary school, I suddenly sensed the presence of evil. How, you ask? I don't know. But there was an unmistakable, quite tangible and disconcerting awareness that occult activity of some sort was occurring in the area we were approaching. I told those with me what I was sensing and another confirmed that t she too was actually beginning to feel nauseated uh, and disorientated. As we turned the corner of the school building, we saw it. Satanic symbols spray-painted on the walls of the school, together with the remnants and paraphernalia of what appeared to be occult rituals. Needless to say, we spent, time uh, spent considerable time praying for the children of that school that none would be adversely affected by what had taken place in such close proximity to their classrooms. So do you see there the Holy Spirit using this gift, empowering this gift to impact their senses, their feelings, and actually their body? The woman was feeling uh, nauseated. And Derek Prince uh, shares a personal example also. So he writes, I was ministering at a church in Chicago. At the close of a service, a lady came to me and asked for prayer. She said she had personal problems. The Lord showed me, I think through a word of knowledge, that she had been a spiritualist medium. And I said that I wasn't prepared to pray for her. So she went away, but she came back a few weeks later. And she said, I have given up being a medium and I want you to pray for me. So I felt that I couldn't refuse. I, was conf I wasn't confident, though, of her sincerity. But I began to pray with her, but I was aware that it was really hard going. After a while, I paused for a moment, and as I paused, she began to look at me intently, and there was a kind of strange, fixed stare in her eyes. And she said, I see you in a car, and it's wrecked against a tree, and there's blood. For a moment, my heart sank, and I thought, I'm going to be in a car that's wrecked against a tree. And then I realized, this isn't the Holy Spirit. That's the spirit of divination by which she operated as a medium. 
So the anger of God came over me and I said, you divine in spirit, I reject you. I do not accept that as my destiny. I'm not going to be in any car that's going to be wrecked against a tree. I refuse it and I will not accept it from you. And at first, you see, when she came back to Derek Prince, he prayed for her, but she, he was aware it felt like hard going. And then when the spirit of divination spoke through the lady, he suddenly realized the Holy Spirit empowered him to go, hang on, this isn't the Holy Spirit. And he rejected what the spirit of divination had said to him. This spiritual gift enables us to recognize the existence of spirits and also to distinguish between them. This gift does not only empower us to recognize evil spirits, but I want to, want to remind us that this gift includes the ability to discern and distinguish what the work of the Holy Spirit and the human spirit is. And I want to come into land by reminding us of the sovereignty and the authority and the power of our God. And in relation to this, John Wimber uh, once said, we are the ones with all the power, not the demons. And what he means by that is, because that was part of a conversation with Jack Deere, what he means by that is the Holy Spirit living within us means that we have all the power of God within us. And the demons do not have as much power as we do. We have all the power, not the demons. And I'm aware that we've talked predominantly this morning about evil spirits. And I'm, I'm aware that may be unsettling for some of us. So I want to remind us that neither Jesus or the apostles ever showed the slightest bit of fear of Satan or evil spirits. And we, as children of God, do not have to fear evil. Amen? Amen. Let's remind ourselves of Jesus' authority. 1 John 4, 4. John writes, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. So he's talking about evil spirits and false prophets. You have overcome them because... The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Praise the Lord. Philippians 2, 9, 11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place. Him is Jesus and gave him, Jesus, the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. James 2.19, uh, you believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. The demons are terrified of God. They are terrified of the name of Jesus. Mark 1.24, a demon is speaking to Jesus. And the demons, uh, the demons say, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. They knew, the demons knew that Jesus had the power to destroy them. And Luke 10.19, I have given you authority. 
to trample on snakes and scorpions, and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. He has given us all authority in his name. So let's just get our view right as we finish, okay? You see, Satan is not God's opposite. Revelation 12, 7-9 tells us that Satan's opposite is Michael, the archangel. Satan is not on a par with God. Satan is a rebellious, fallen angel. Ezekiel 28. And I wonder if sometimes we forget that. We have to be aware of him. He's a powerful adversary, but not more powerful than our almighty God. And the key to overcoming the devil is keeping ourselves close to Jesus, is surrendering to Father God. And James 4, 7 tells us, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Not maybe or perhaps or if you say the right words. He will. If we submit to Jesus, we keep ourselves in close relationship with Jesus, he will flee from us. Satan is not omnipotent. That means all-powerful. He's not all-powerful. He is not omnipresent. So he's not everywhere all the time, all at the same time. And he is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. Only, only, only our awesome God is all-powerful, all-present, and all-knowing. And therefore, Satan is limited, and his time is also limited. He may rage in battle, but he has not and will not win the war. That war has already been won by Jesus on the cross, and Jesus alone has the victory. And at his name, the demons shake. And God, the Holy Spirit, lives in us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Do you not know you are temples of the Holy Spirit? He lives in you. He lives in us. And therefore, Romans 8, 11, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. The same power, the Holy Spirit, that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. So this morning, I'm going to invite the band to come back. And this morning, we are going to, uh, we're going to worship as part of our response. We're going to worship because in keeping ourselves close to Jesus, in surrendering to him, that's the best place to be. We do not have to be fearful of the enemy because close to Jesus is the safest place to be. So we're going to worship, we're going to come uh, close to him, and, we're in, and if you need to, maybe surrender some stuff. Maybe there's some stuff that you know, actually, that's not right, and that's been bothering, maybe there's unforgiveness. Just surrender, come close to him, and allow the Spirit just to minister to us and to bless us. But let's worship, let's praise our awesome, mighty, sovereign Lord, because there is no one like him. There is no one like him. So if you'd like to stand, we'll pray and then we'll worship.
And it may be as we worship that you would uh, like the opportunity to be filled with the Spirit again. We are leaky people, aren't we? So as we worship, if you would like the refilling, a refreshing of the Holy Spirit to equip you for the week ahead, the prayer ministry team will be out at the sides there. Do go and get some uh, Holy Spirit refilling today. Okay, let me pray. Yeah. God, we just uh, declare that you are sovereign. We declare that all authority, power, and dominion is yours. There is no one like you. There is no one like you. At your name, the demons flee. And Lord, we're not supposed to be frightened of evil or evil spirits or Satan himself because, Lord, it is a done deal. The battle, the war has already been won by the blood of Jesus. And so we thank you, Jesus. We come and we nestle ourselves. I have a picture of, um, of, a, of chicks kind of nestling under um, the, the, the parents wing, we come and just nestle ourselves close to you again, acknowledging that you are all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present, and we love you. We love you, Jesus. So come, Holy Spirit, would you meet us, would you fill us as we just lift our praise to you? Amen, amen, amen.